Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Our Father and our God, we come before you tonight. We ask, O oh Lord, that tonight you glorify your name as only you can. Father, we pray that you bring your word to life. Cause us to clearly understand your spirit. Fill us with your spirit. We yield to you tonight, Holy Spirit. Take absolute control. In Jesus' most holy name, amen and amen. So ladies and gentlemen, tonight we're going to be speaking about the Holy Spirit. We spoke very clearly about what he does, how he helps us last week. So we were very, very clear about that. And so tonight we're going to be speaking, actually we're going to be speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And hopefully by the end of tonight, um, not only will you really desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we pray also that the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues will fill your hearts once more. Um, and so ladies and gentlemen, let's begin. Um, just before I, before I do begin, just in case I forget, let me mention, um, let me mention one thing I do want you you to notice is this um next week monday which is easter monday and, and we're coming into easter week we won't have a bible study on easter monday um it's a family day and we want everybody to have a rest especially the people that make the bible study happen and so next week monday we won't be having a bible study um and then we'll pick up once easter is over um so we'll go from there just just to mention um, I have got a question in the chat, and I will um, give you an answer before the end. So, ladies and gentlemen, where do we start today? And the first thing we want to look at, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, and that will take us. So we're going to go through quite a few scriptures. Um, we're going to go through quite a few scriptures. And where we're going to start tonight, because we're looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that the Lord had prophesied long before Jesus arrived. He prophesied that this is going to happen. It's going to make a fundamental change in our lives. And so I think, to be honest, as a foundational scripture, please turn in your Bible to Joel chapter 2. And that's where we'll start. Joel chapter 2. And we will pick up the narrative. Um, we'll pick up the narrative from verse 23, which is a great, um, which is a great piece of scripture. And we'll read the narrative down to verse 29. So that's Joel 2, verse 23 to 29. I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord, your, for he hath given you the former reign moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. 
and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. Verse 26, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. You can say amen there. And the Bible says the following from verse 27. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Verse 28. And this is where the Holy Spirit's baptism is prophesied. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. So ladies and gentlemen, we realize that this is something that God has prophesied long before Jesus came. He, he, it's part of the plan of salvation that the Holy Spirit will once more be poured out. And the beautiful thing, we're going to look at that in, in a few moments, the Holy Spirit will live on our inside, allowing us to literally live and be what God wants us to live, be, and do. And so that's what we're looking at tonight. And so that's what we're going to look at. So let's, to start, to, to take us forward for the in the next moment, is what we want to look at is, we want to look at five benefits of the Holy Spirit's presence. Now, the reason I'm doing that this way is this. Sometimes when we speak about what the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we don't appreciate exactly how much the Holy Spirit does or makes possible in the life of a believer. And I really hope that by the time we present these things, and I'm, I'm we present these things, and I'll try and present them as clearly as possible. By the time we present them, I pray that your hunger and desire for the infilling of the Holy Spirit will be at its highest, even if you've been filled before. And so, ladies and gentlemen, so let's have a look at the five key benefits that the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit brings. And the first one is found in this. And so the first one is this. Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, and I'm going to start reading from verse 14. But before I start reading, let me tell you what this one is. So number one, what's the, the key benefit? Number one is that the Holy Spirit makes the fulfillment of the plan of salvation a reality. Let me say that again. The infilling of the Holy Spirit makes the fulfillment of the plan of salvation a reality. He literally brings the whole thing to life. So let's go through a few of these scriptures and so we'll understand that. And so this is, this is one of my favorite scriptures. So I'm gonna go through it quite quickly. The Bible says the following, and I'm going to read in, I'm going to read in the King James Version of the Bible. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's Ephesians 3, 14. And I'm going to read to 21. 
of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit, where? In the inner man. That's the Holy Spirit being poured out from God into your spirit, speaking of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says the following, this, these are the results of that infilling. The first one is that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we realize is that all of a sudden, Jesus comes to live in our hearts and that changes things. That means the distance between God and man is eradicated. The distance that sin created, it's eradicated. And once more, the plan of salvation is online. God wants to, all the plans and purposes that God has for the world, through you, for your country, your space. The Bible says that Jesus Christ dwells in your hearts by faith. Now, that, that is an absolutely wonderful reality because now God can, through you, bring to pass his plans and purposes for the world around you. The Bible says, please, and I'll, I'll turn there for clarity. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 12, Reading from verse 37, I'm only going to read a little bit because we've got a lot. Um, 34. Let me go to 34. Matthew 12, 34. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. The Bible says, you offspring of vipers, not speaking to you, speaking to the people that Jesus was speaking to at that point in time. How can you speak good things when you are evil, wicked? And then he says this. This is the truth that I want you to get. For out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That means, ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus lives in your heart, God can, through your words, shape the world around you in accordance with his plans and purposes. And so we realize that this is one of the things the Holy Spirit makes happen. It's, the, it's literally the plan of salvation. The separation between us and God is eradicated and Jesus comes to live in our heart. But let's keep going. Let's keep going. And I'll, I'll read on just for clarity and then I'll move on. So the Bible says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love so that there is no point in time where you will need God to come through and he will not be present. Whether that is to steady you while you are waiting for a miracle or to infuse you with himself so that a miracle happens. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to please remember that, that you are rooted and grounded in love. That means you are never in a situation or a position that God is not present. That's remarkable. And this all comes through the person of the Holy Spirit. The next thing it says is that you may be able to comprehend with all saints 
what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Now, I want you to pause there just for a tiny moment. This is preacher's material, but I'm just going to pause there. What that means is what every hero of the Bible knows, what every hero of the Bible that moved them from ordinary to superordinary. The Bible says through the ministry of the Holy Spirit that you will have access to what they know, that the fullness of the gospel, the fullness of Jesus Christ's victory, the fullness of what he has done will be available to you. And ladies and gentlemen, that means in any situation you face, you are the victor. You are the one with the ability and the power. And it's, it's, it's a life-changing reality. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit makes that possible. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please keep that in mind. The next thing, I'm, I'm going to keep going. The Bible then says, and this is key, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, the only other person the Bible says was filled with the fullness of God, the Bible says that in Jesus Christ, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily. And look at the results that he got. And so I want you to please keep that in mind. Please keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that you will be filled with Allness. That means all that God wants to do will reside within you so that when you show up, the Lord shows up and the results will be miraculous. I'm going to pause now so we can take our declaration and I'm going to pick up right there in a moment. So ladies and gentlemen, let's take our declaration. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray and we seek your faith. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. Let's make our declaration. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said a resounding amen. Wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen, May that be your story, that your land is healed. Things around. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to continue from where we just stopped. And I want you to realize the Bible says that the fullness of God will dwell within you. Now, the reason that is so wonderful, ladies and gentlemen, is this. That means whosoever, whatsoever, all that God is, is in the middle of your circumstances. And that changes everything. And the Bible then says, and this is key about the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, because things didn't change. Verse 20. And the Bible says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now, remember what Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8. Acts 1 verse 8. Jesus said the following. Reading from the Amplified Classic. But you shall receive power, ability, 
efficiency and might when the Holy Spirit and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. The Bible says that when the Holy Spirit enables all of God to live on your inside, he rewrites your story according to the plans that he had for you before time began. And all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, that means you are not ordinary. That means, ladies and gentlemen, your destiny, your purpose, your calling are in the hands of one who is able. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we realize, the number one benefit is that the Holy Spirit, he makes the plan of salvation a reality. What is that plan? It's very simple. The plan of salvation is very simple. Jesus said it in John chapter 14, verse 6, and I will read it, John 14, verse 6. John 14, verse 6, and the Bible says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by or through me. Meaning, Jesus, this is what God wanted for you when he sent Jesus to the cross, that you can consistently now come to him. You are no longer far away. You and God are once more in close relationship. That's the plan of salvation. The Holy Spirit makes that plan a reality when he comes to dwell on your inside. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the things about the baptism that we, I want you to keep in mind. It is the superabundance of the Holy Spirit's presence that makes this a reality. So let's go to number two. I'm going to go quite quickly for a reason. So the second reason, ladies and gentlemen, that the infilling of the Holy Spirit is to be greatly desired, greatly desired, is this. And, I, and I, this, this one really touched my heart. The second reason is this. He, and he changes us to be like Jesus. Now, let me say this carefully. Ladies and gentlemen, especially if, you, if, if someone's out there and they're struggling with their Christianity, the person who makes the change possible is his name is the Holy Spirit. He's on the inside. Now, as you and I, ladies and gentlemen, yield to him, he makes the changes possible so that you and I become like Christ. And the changes are on the inside, and then we then change what happens on our outside. But let's have a look at that in scripture. And this is really important. So this is the second thing that the Holy Spirit, he makes real change possible. Turn with me, please, ladies and gentlemen, to second, um, actually, second Corinthians, second Corinthians, and please turn to chapter three, and we're going to read verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 
I'm deliberately going straight to the scriptures that say what we need to say. The Bible says the following, and I'm going to read this. I'm going to read it in the King James Version of the Bible first, and then I'll read it in simpler ones. Um, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. The Bible then says, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what that means is the person who makes the changes, that's the changes to our personalities, the changes to who we are, the changes to the way we believe, the changes to the way we think, the changes to the way we see things, we decide, the decisions we make is the person of the Holy Spirit, and he does it on our inside. We then begin to live those changes on our outside. And so let me read that verse to you again, and, 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 I'm, and I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I'll go systematically if that's okay. I'm going to read that verse again, and I'm going to read it in, in the Good News version of the Bible. The Bible says, all of us then reflect the glory of the Lord with uncovered faces. And that same glory coming from the Lord, who is the Spirit, transforms us into his likeness in an ever greater degree of glory. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize, the second, the most important thing is that the Holy Spirit enables real change to happen. But I, I want to spend a little bit of time here so we understand how it happens. So I would like you to please, ladies and gentlemen, please turn in your Bible to the book of Ezekiel 36. And we're only going to go to one verse, verse 27. Ezekiel 36, verse 27, I'm going to read the King James Version of the Bible. And the Bible says the following, and the Bible says, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgment and do them. Now, please keep this in mind. That means the Lord places the Holy Spirit at the very center of who you and I are. So when we are, when we give our lives to Christ, we are literally, we're children, yes, but the Lord places his Holy Spirit on our inside and he begins to repair the damage that a life outside of God has made. And this is how he does it. Because I, this is what I want you to realize. It's how do we... How does the Holy Spirit do it? Turn with me to Proverbs chapter four. And I'm going to read from 20 to 23. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic. And it, and it, gives, um, it gives a very clear picture. The Bible says the following. My son, attend to my words, 
consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. Verse 23, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. So let me explain. That means when you, ladies and gentlemen, place the word of God into your heart, you are giving the Holy Spirit the raw material to reshape who you are on the inside. How will he do so? He will reveal to you on the inside, this is who you really are. This is what God says about you. This is what you can do now. And all of a sudden, you will realize your life changes systematically. So when we, listen carefully, when we yield to the Holy Spirit, especially in the place of studying the word of God, spending time in prayer, spending time in worship, obeying what the Holy Spirit says, and responding to the nudges of the Holy Spirit to give as he guides us, the Bible says you are changed. All of a sudden, as you begin to live the word of God, he brings it alive. And what I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, there is no challenge you face personally that the Bible does not have an answer to. When you place the word of God on your inside, when you begin to do so, and, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, when you do so, it gives the Holy Spirit the raw materials to make the necessary changes so that you and I become just like Christ. So let's look at two things there, and then we will move on. The first one is, so how do you put the word of God on your inside? Turn in your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, to the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua 1, verse 8. And the Bible says the following, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. So the question, ladies and gentlemen, is how do we get the word of God onto our inside? The key word is there, meditate. Now, this is really important. You do not meditate on the word of God with your head. You meditate on the word of God with your heart. So you build pictures. You think about it. You spend time in prayer. You sit with the Holy Ghost while he teaches you. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives in your heart in your spirit and he will teach your spirit this is what god is saying your spirit then teaches you 
Your spirit then speaks it. Your spirit then creates the actions. Your spirit then builds the imaginations and the pictures of tomorrow that are in agreement with God. And all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, you are someone else. You are who God made you to be. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to understand, when I say you meditate with your heart, please keep this in mind. It literally, the let me put that in simple terms. Please come with me to Psalm 19, verse 14. And the Bible says, Psalm 19, verse 14, the Bible says, and I'm going to read the King James Version of the Bible to start. And the Bible said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, this is what I want you to hold on to there is notice. The Lord says, the way you built the, put the word of God into your heart is the same way you put the word of God into your world. You speak it. One, you speak so the rest of your world can hear. Two, you speak so you can hear. That means you repeat it to yourself. You speak it on the inside. You allow it to shape and create pictures on your inside. The Bible says both of those processes stand before God, and that puts the word of God into your heart. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when you do so, this is what I want you to understand. The change comes by the person of the Holy Spirit. He makes the changes on your inside, and then the actions are seen on your outside. And that's why. So please, I need. I, I, I'm speaking to someone. Please stop struggling to be great. Let God work His process through you. Go back to the Word daily. Speak the Word of God over your life daily. Present the word of God to prayer in prayer daily. Worship the Lord whereby you are singing the word of God daily. Repeat, repetitively do what God says daily. It, the tipping point will come. The addiction will go. The habit will leave. The things will break. I want you to hold on to the word of God. He makes it happen. Now, I, I know I'm spending a little bit of time here, but it's important for someone. I, I hope it's important for everybody. But this is what the Holy Spirit does. He makes real change possible. Real change possible. Last thing on this one, then we'll, we'll move forward, is this. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. I'm going to read from 20 to 24, and I'm going to read I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic version of the Bible. And the Bible says the following. It starts the narrative in verse 20. It said, but you did not so learn Christ. Notice there's a process of learning. 
And the Bible says, assuming that you have really heard him and been taught by him as all truth is in Jesus, embodied and personified in him. Now, please keep this in mind. This is an aside and just make a note of this scripture, John chapter 8, verse 32. The Bible says it is the truth in Jesus that makes the change. John 8, verse 32, the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. That means it's the truth that recreates you that on the outside, you become free. And, and verse 22, the Bible says the following, strip yourselves of your former nature, put off and discard your old unrenewed self, which, char which characterize your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusion. Then the Bible says, and be constantly renewed, where? In the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. And then the Bible says, and put on the new nature, the regenerate self created in God's image, godlike in true righteousness and holiness. Let me break that down again. The Bible has laid it out and I'm just going to go over it for clarity. The Bible says, when you put the truth in, the Holy Spirit is the architect of your freedom. He recreates you on the inside. The Bible says you are renewed where? In the spirit of your mind. This is Ephesians 4, 20 to 24. You are renewed where? In the spirit of your mind. That means the root of the pictures, the words, thoughts, decisions, feelings, and actions that you have on your inside changes. The Bible then says on the outside, a you shows up who is just like Jesus. That means when you like Jesus say to a mountain, move, the mountain moves because you are now functioning in your new self. This is where change really happens. Why did I spend some time here? Ladies and gentlemen, this is what the Holy Spirit does. And I want you to realize it's not a struggle. Just put the word in. Just keep sticking, stick with the word. Stay in the place of prayer. Pray the word. Sing the word. Do the word. Share the word. And the Bible says the change you're looking for will show up. Key number two is that the Holy Spirit makes real change possible. Number three, this is what I want you to keep in mind. What else does the Holy Spirit do? Please turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to read from 1 to 11. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11. Now, the reason I want you to go here is this. Point number three, when we're thinking about what the Holy Spirit does, is this. The Holy Spirit equips the believer to effectively 
minister Jesus. The Holy Spirit equips the believer to effectively minister Jesus. So we've spoken about the impact of the Holy Spirit on your life. Now we're speaking about the impact of the Holy Spirit on the world around you. I'm going to read from 12, and I'm going to read in the King James Version of the Bible. I'm reading from verses 1 to 11. The Bible says the following. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. That means there is a range of gifts, but they are all of the Holy Ghost. The next thing we realize is, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Now, the reason I wanted to pause, I will pause there. That means, ladies and gentlemen, the gifts of the Spirit, they're different ways. Some people speak, some people sing, some people declare. Sometimes the gift happens when you're prof. In many ways, there are different ways that the Holy Spirit administers God into the lives of other people. And so, but the Bible says it, there is all of those ways. It doesn't matter whether it's some people, it's in deep prayer, deep tongues. The Bible says all of those administrations where God administers a solution into somebody else's life. The Bible says they're all of God. The Bible also says, verse six, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. That means God will encourage you to do, when the gifts operate, different people have different ways. Sometimes, some people, they, uh, it, it happens in different ways, and you'll see it in different ministries. But what I want you to be assured is it's the Holy Spirit that's at work. Let's go to verse 7. And the Bible says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. That means for everybody's benefit. Verse eight, for to one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom. Um, that is a clear picture of things that have not happened yet. That means a picture of that, a series of events that have not happened. So it's a word of wisdom. That means, uh, uh, so uh, on another day, we'll go through these in deep detail. Then the Bible says, uh, to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. That means the Holy Spirit will say, something is happening now that the Holy Spirit reveals to you. So, and if, if that gift operates, he may say something like, oh, the Lord is healing this group of people, or the Lord wants to do this, or the Lord wants to do that. And you realize it's in the present. Then the Bible says, to another faith by the same spirit, that means the ability to believe way beyond your own ability or study. Then we have, um, then we have, uh, I've missed a couple. Then we have, yes, no, I have it. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith. Then it says, to another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit, the ministry of healing where God heals. Some people, it happens in unique, wonderful ways, ladies and gentlemen, but healing shows up. 
and the Bible says they're gifts. To another, the working of miracles. To another, which is it speaks for itself. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. That's an awareness of spiritual activity, although it's invisible. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. That is giving messages, clear messages in tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. And verse 11, but all these worketh that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit gives you the equipment to approach your world in a supernatural way. He causes the gifts to function. So when you are ministering Christ to somebody, when you are in difficult circumstances, the Holy Spirit will give you a range of manifestations of these gifts, some small, some large, and he does it so that you can affect your world supernaturally. Those are the gifts of the Spirit. And he equips you to confront a world that will only respond to the supernatural. And the Bible says, he determines which gift is necessary. And you can then find yourself working in any one of those gifts and God will be kind. Again, we'll go through another day. But that allows us to minister Christ. And sometimes those gifts work in tandem. But let me give you an example. Um, this is an example in my life that, that I can give you. Um, there was one particular time where actually... Let me just use today's example. I was standing in a queue and the man on my right-hand side, the queue, it was in a relatively small shop. And the gentleman on my right-hand side was not necessarily in the queue, but I just felt in my heart that let him go first. And I thought, yeah, no problems, I will do so. And so he, he took his stuff to, to the gentleman and tried to pay with his card. He wasn't buying very much. He was trying to pay with his car. And the gentleman said, well, no, you can't purchase this unless it's over five pounds. And then the Holy Spirit just tapped my heart that pay for what he's asking for. Now, what is that? What's happening in action? Not only is it guidance, but it's that simple nudge where the Holy Spirit says, I want something to happen, to word of knowledge kicking in. And I just let him go first. So when he, I, I asked the gentleman that, look, you know what? Add his to what I'm buying. And it, 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 ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't much money, but to the gentleman that needed the product, it was a fortune. Now, what happened? the shock in his face because it wasn't so, it was like people don't do that but that's how the holy spirit ministers jesus to a world that does not know him and he was trying to say thank you he said, no, 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 it's, it's okay and off he went and ladies and gentlemen what i want you to realize is can you imagine can you imagine what that that guy has to know the way, wait, that God is watching me. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what was in operation? The gifts. The Holy Spirit just made me say, 
I want something to happen. Let him go first. Once it was there, it was, okay, follow this course of action. I want you to do this. The results, that's in the Lord's hands. And so what I want you to keep this in mind, and those are the nudges. That is where we learn to follow the Holy Spirit. He enables the believer to minister Jesus effectively. Turn with me, please, ladies and gentlemen. Um, actually, so that's number three. Let's go to number four. And number four, just so that we realize, because we're going to get to a very simple prayer tonight. Number four is this. Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we achieve all that God asks us to achieve. And I want you to please keep that in mind. He is the source of all achievement. He's the source of all achievement. And so this is what I want you to keep in mind. And so let's have a look at that in action. Please turn in your Bible to the book of Zechariah. And I'm going to read chapter four, reading from verses one to seven. Please turn to Zechariah four, and I'll read from verses one to seven. I have got a question in the chat, and I'll answer it really, actually, I'll answer it now because I'm, uh, it's really important. He says, how do you know the difference between the Holy Spirit and our flesh nudging us, even when it's something good? If in doubt, when you sense that nudge, if it agrees with the word of God, especially when it is you find yourself agrees with the word of God and it presents Jesus into, a, into an environment that won't necessarily accept Jesus. In all sincerity, follow the nudges. Especially if it's something that is not, it's not like, okay, walking into a car showroom and buying somebody a car. It's, it's, it's they will be nudges that will be within your ability and the Holy Spirit will graduate you to larger ones. But when you sense the nudges, he's teaching you to do what? To identify his voice. Sometimes it, you'll feel like, oh, this was a nudge and you'll realize, well, I shouldn't have done that. And the reason he does that is so he, he'll point it out that, right, now you know that's not me. Next time, if in doubt, ask me. And that's how you know. So how do you know? Go back to point number one. Spend time yielding to the Holy Spirit in the Bible, in prayer, worship, and repetitive obedience. Because he'll ask you to do things in stages. So sometimes he will say, you know, go left or take this route home. And there won't be anything major that happens, but he's training you to recognize his voice. He's training you. And so ladies and gentlemen, follow the nudges. So spend time in the word, spend time in prayer, spend time um, in worship so that you're used to hearing his voice. You know what the Bible says. You know what God wants to do. And then he will nudge you on the inside. And you will be able to recognize, and the key element, ladies and gentlemen, 
is peace and assurance that this, the Bible says it in Philippians 4, verse 7. The Bible says it is the peace that passes all understanding. You will just be comfortable about it, even though your head may not be able to compute it. That many times, ladies and gentlemen, is the Lord. If it is something that's going to harm you, and this is why I say spend time in prayer. What does the Holy Spirit, what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say in the Lord's Prayer? He said, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. That means, Lord, lead me, but not into a situation that my faith cannot handle. And if I do make a mistake, deliver me from evil. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is key. Your relationship with God enables your ability to follow the Holy Spirit effectively. I hope I've answered that question really good. And so if you miss it, it's fine. The Bible says, go back to him, have a conversation with him. He will show you and off we go again. Okay. And many times when the Holy Ghost is training you, it will be in a situation that does not have major impacts. So when you feel those nudges and the price of the decision is high, like where do I work? Who do I marry? How do I go about something? What I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, if in doubt, go to the Holy Spirit. If you're not sure, get counsel. So somebody else can verify, is this God or if it's not? And if you're not sure, let the moment go. Are we together? Because the other side of those kind of decisions can really hurt you. Get advice. So you're not caught up in your feelings or your excitement or your emotions. Get advice. Take a step back. Go and get counsel. Spend time in prayer. Fast if you have to and then make a decision. Hopefully that helps, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Zechariah 4 verses 1 to 7, and then we will move on. Zechariah 4 verses 1 to 7, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is the source of all our, F, all our, our successes. He enables us to achieve God's goals. And I'll read Actually, I will go straight to verse six, Zechariah four, verse six. The Bible says, then he answered and spake unto me saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Ladies and gentlemen, what you realize is, the strength for you to do whatever God asks you to do comes through his spirit. And that's why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something really, really important for us to desire. Excuse me, I've got a bit of a cold. Really, really important for us to desire. The ability for us to get things done comes through the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, let's also turn in your Bibles, please, to Exodus 28, verse 3, and then we'll move on to the last one, and then we will. Exodus 28, verse 3. 
And this is Moses speaking. And he says, and thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. So we realize, ladies and gentlemen, that here Moses is speaking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit giving somebody ability. You see that in the life of Bezalel. Um, for your reference, if you turn to Exodus 31 from verse 1, it get, makes it a lot clearer, and I will read it. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship to devise, to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass, and in cutting of stones to set them and in carving of timber to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, behold, I have given him with him Aholiab, the son of Ahishamah, of the tribe of Dan, and, all, and in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded thee. Moses had been asked to make a tabernacle. and The Bible says, the Lord said, those who... I want to give the ability to make what has never been seen before. He did it through his spirit. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize is when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the ability for you to do what God has asked you to do comes from the Holy Spirit. So, I would love you to approach life more confidently knowing that God has enabled you, empowered you with the ability to get done what he has asked you to get done. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's move forward. Um, speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we will continue the next time we meet. We're going to wrap this up. But tonight, before we go, um, before we go, let me just point this out. And it's this, I hope, and we haven't finished yet. We've still got number five to do. We'll do number five the next time we meet. But I want you to understand something, please, ladies and gentlemen. The Holy Spirit is your greatest need. Jesus, he's your greatest need. It's so important that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And so please, what I want you to notice, this is what Jesus said about it. Please turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I'm going to read from, I, I want to go forward. I want, I want to really just get to, but we're breaking, he's breaking it into two. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go back a step. And number five, the last benefit of the Holy Spirit is as follows. Let me go back. And the last one is this, and, and, and the Holy Spirit wants to make this clear. The Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, number five, is he is the season changer. That means when God wants to move things forward in your life, 
in the world around you, in your city. The Holy Spirit is the one who is the catalyst for making those changes. Please turn in your Bible to Isaiah 32, verse 15. Now, before I read this, I want you to also remember, please, where the Holy Spirit sits. He's sitting on your inside. So when God wants to change your seasons, he will do it from the inside. Isaiah 32, verse 15. And the Bible says the following. Until the spirit be poured upon us from on high and the wilderness be a fruitful field and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Meaning when God wants to change something, he pours out the Holy Spirit. He causes there to be an abundance of the Holy Spirit's activity on your inside. And notice the Bible says he causes a wilderness to become fruitful and he causes what was fruitful to become abundant. So may it be in your life, but remember the Holy Spirit is going to do it not from the outside in, he's going to do it from the inside out. And this is key. Please turn to Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. The Bible says, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Ladies and gentlemen, when the Lord wants to make change your seasons, he does it from the inside out. So he reveals to you this is what your tomorrow looks like. Now, it may come simply as a dissatisfaction. It may come simply as a restlessness. It may come by revelation, but the Lord begins to point you to this is where I want you to go. And once he does so, ladies and gentlemen, the process of moving you has begun. And once you agree with him, the seasons around you begin to change. And I pray, and I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking to someone, the restlessness you've been feeling is the Lord saying, where you are is done. This is the tomorrow we have to go for. And notice, before God does so, he says the ability for you to walk into your tomorrow has come through the person of the Holy Spirit who's present. That means God will not point you to a tomorrow that you cannot handle or make a reality. Ladies and gentlemen, that's number five. The Holy Spirit is the season changer. He moves you from season to season. He causes you to grow, to live and to move as God wants you to grow, live and move. And so ladies and gentlemen, those are the five key benefits of the Holy Spirit that sets the backdrop for us desiring 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so next time we meet, ladies and gentlemen, we will pick up from the next point, the next stage, and that will lead us, depending on how fast we go, to us asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, I join my faith with yours this evening. If you're believing God for a miracle, then we join our faith with yours and we ask the Lord to do so on your behalf. I also pray that tonight has been a blessing to you. And I pray very simply that the Holy Spirit will cause those five things that he does to become a reality in your life, even before we come to asking for a brand new infilling. May God bless you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and may God keep you. May God surround you with grace. Remember, we're not here on Easter Monday, but we're here the Monday afterwards. God will bless you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful evening and have a wonderful Easter. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, one last thing before I go. Somebody asked that what is a good concordance? that you can um, use. If you want one that sits on your PC, I recommend eSword. If the eSword, that's e-sword, it's free of charge. You can download it and it has loads of Bibles and concordances. I use it a lot myself. Also, you have Bible Gateway, which is a simple um, website. Loads of versions of the Bible great places to read and those are really nice ones so you can go from there and so ladies and gentlemen hopefully that answers that question i just wanted to make sure that person got their answer god bless you have a wonderful easter we'll see you after easter ladies and gentlemen god bless you